And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, uh, your host for today's episode of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce and Amazon. Shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you're looking to build out your software dev team, Fullscale.io is a great place to start. Um, they have whatever you need. I'm super excited for today's guest. I think we have um, a lot of things in common, uh, at least like our alignment in, in a lot of things. And so I'm really excited to dig in. Where does that come from? What does that mean? Um, we're going to get into it. Liat Rothschild, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk about Pack With Purpose. Um, you know, working with Marknology, we work with all types of brands. Some of them give back, some of them don't. Some of them are coming in with brand stories. Some of them are not. Today, we're going to talk about stop building meaningless startups and, you know, build something that solves a problem, build something with purpose, build something that has some drive behind it. Um, before we get into exactly what Pack With Purpose is, I would love to back up just a little bit, you know, further and kind of talk about you and, and understand some of your motivations and where this came from. Um, go back as far as you want, but let's get a little started. Like, how did you get, did you, did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? Um, you know, at least like from school to here, kind of catch us up on, on your life story a little bit and, and how you got into something like this. Yeah. Well, school, it's like, what is school? Elementary yeah, school, school, high school. Um, so I did grow up in an entrepreneurial family. My dad is an entrepreneur. Um, he started a, a building company. Um, my brother happens to be an entrepreneur. Um, but actually the other day I was reflecting on, you know, did I know I wanted to be an entrepreneur and where did, you know, obviously I know where the initial idea of Packed With Purpose came from, but um, a, nice, a nice story that not many people know is that my first entrepreneurial venture actually started in the fourth grade. Um, and so in the fourth grade at the ripe age of 11 years old, I started my first business okay. and that was um, not too different than Packed With Purpose, which we'll talk more about in a moment. But I basically uh, sold Halloween candy um, to local neighbors. So I went around and um, I realized that I could purchase Halloween candy sometimes you know, with coupons at a discount and sometimes with specials at the local drugstore supermarket. Um, and I could, uh, you know, sell it at a somewhat higher uh, price point to my neighbors because the, uh, you know, 80 year old elderly couple or the working mom or whoever it was, Halloween was not top of mind for them. They were not eager to go to the grocery store and get bags of, you know, sweets or chocolates. And so I went around with um, a pretty bare bone like clipboard and walked around the neighborhood and asked people what kind of, uh, you know, bags they wanted. I offered a handful of different options. And then um, at no cost to myself, my parents, you know, I told them here are the two or three different uh, supermarkets or uh, stores we need to go to based on the Sunday circulars and the discounts that I found. And then, you know, a week before Halloween, I went and I distributed that uh, candy. I actually don't remember the exact, you know, profit that I made. But when I uh, think back about it sort of philosophically, um, it was a pretty awesome uh, venture to have as a fourth grader. My parents had nothing to do with it. I don't think they even knew what I was doing, but it was really motivating and it was fun. And, um, you know, it felt really gratifying. No, I love that. Thanks for sharing that story, number one. And um, number two, in my space, in the Amazon space, or e commerce space, we would call that retail arbitrage, where you're shopping around, whether it's a thrift store or Costco or whatever, you're finding deals and then putting them on Amazon and putting them online and flipping them for a buck, you know, and that's what a lot of people kind of their first entry point into e-commerce or, or Amazon is kind of understanding retail arbitrage. Okay. So fourth grade, you had an early start. Um, let's keep going. 
Okay. So, All right. So, you know, fast forward. Um, so, you know, I'd like to say that my experience, my professional experience and personal passion has always been the stance between social impact and, you know, business or marketing. Mm -hmm. So a few steps along the way, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Paraguay uh, years ago, right after uh, college. And I work with a group of farmers subsistence farmers, you know, in the middle of the campo, so in the middle of the interior of the country, helping them build um, income generating projects. So specifically using creating fertilizer that they could then sell um, for, you know, uh, a lot of money for a subsistence farmer or using that um, fertilizer in their own crops to increase crop yield and then sell that off, you know, to have additional income. Um, so, you know, that's sort of an example of some of the, the Peace social Corps, the Peace Corps, like as someone that grew up overseas, like um, it's intense. Like, honestly, like I, I, I met a few women that were in the Peace Corps um, and to understand that they're like not in the army, you know, but they're like or they're not medical, but they're doing these things and the commitment that they take. And they're actually living like at least in Africa, they were in the huts, like, you know, roughing it. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for the Peace Corps, um, you know, and what they do. So that, you know, that was a part, I guess, where you were exchanging business for more of that um, social, you know, um, that social passion. Um, what happened after that? Yeah. And actually, I would say it's it's interesting because you're right. It was the social passion. But what I particularly worked on still had the business angle. Right. It was how do I help my community, in this case, subsistence farmers, you know, improve their livelihood through the production of something, in this case, fertilizer, that they can, you know, improve their their lives for their themselves and their family. Um, so fast forward from the Peace Corps, uh, move back to Chicago, which is my hometown. I worked in the area of business intelligence or market research, okay. and then I went to business school. Um, and after that, I actually um, I worked in marketing strategy consulting. Sounds boring just saying that, but it really wasn't. It was really fascinating, and it was my first opportunity to you know consult to uh, a lot of different companies, understand their needs, and specifically help them figure out um, you know consumer insights or their customer insights and how do you use that to basically, you know, create a better connection with mm -hmm. the product that you're offering and your customer base. That's something um, that we do like at my company, um, specifically around like, you know, e-commerce and, and Amazon, because you can collect data from everywhere, but, yeah. you know, from the photography to the advertising, which directs like, you know, the, um, conversion rates of the traffic how accurate are we getting the customers like are we sending them to the right product are we confusing them do they understand like you know running polls and reviews on the images and how people accept those and how they feel about them and giving us feedback on those kinds of things it's uh it sounds boring it's not um you know and i and i tell a lot of people i'm like i i've only been helping brands on amazon for nine years um which in a career is not very much in amazon years it feels like a long time um, but, you know, working with so many brands gives you more of like a, a big picture view of what yeah. the good ones have in common, what the ones that fail have in common, like, you know, what kind of brands do you want to work with? You're seeing like a lot of different models quickly. Um, so, yeah, I would have never like when I was in school that didn't have a name like I don't you know, I was an, I, right. I'm a computer science major. But if I had known that, I would have definitely been in school for that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like, I, I think also in our space, they, they have different names for like a million different things. Like, you know, if you're at this company, they call it this. If you're at this company, they call it this. Yeah. Um, so is that where you found like, you know, is that kind of where you got the skills or expertise to doing what you're doing today? Was it kind of in that that time period or, or am I jumping the gun? No. Um... Uh, so I would say some of those skills and expertise were um, cultivated during that experience for sure. Um, and then probably the next uh, profession that I had right before I started Packed with Purpose is where I continued to, you know, hone those skills. Okay. Um, and that was where I was working at a company that was advising chief sustainability officers and marketing executives on investing their corporate social responsibility or their CSR dollars. 
right? So basically you've got, you know, a lot of large companies, small, smaller, some smaller companies, but large companies, Fortune 1000 companies that have, you know, multi-million dollar budgets for doing good under this, you know, uh, vertical called corporate social responsibility. And we're helping them figure out how do you do good from a company's, you know, financial perspective, but also creating a positive impact for society. Um, you know, and it was basically at that time that I sort of had this aha moment where it was a, a cold day in Chicago. Um, it's actually beautiful right now, but in December, it would have been very similar to, you know, this year's December. Um, and our office was littered with, you know, wicker baskets of all these goodies. And it just dawned on me, you know, here I am helping these companies, you know, invest and spend smartly hundreds of millions of dollars and doing good. And yet the typical corporate gift is totally devoid of any kind of values mm -hmm. that companies are really eager to demonstrate to their shareholders, their customers, their partners, you know, members of their supply chain, et cetera. And so I just had this thought, well, you know, what if I took this idea called a corporate gift and I actually embedded doing good within the corporate gift through the very products that are in the gift basket? Wouldn't that be a more compelling, you know, gift that a company would want to give to their employees, their customers, their partners, their board members. Um, so that was my, you know, aha moment. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously there was a lot of, uh, you know, experience from the Peace Corps or through market research or marketing, understanding your customer that um, sort of made me have the confidence to say, okay, let me take this crazy idea and, and see if it's got legs. No, I think it's brilliant. And a lot of people want to help. They want to do better. Some of it doesn't even ever cross their mind. Some of them just don't know of the opportunities or haven't dug in enough. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you're doing a thousand things and that's like at the bottom of your list. And so until you get that like culture person or that person that's kind of trying to help you bring it all together, it never even crosses your plate. Um, I think you'll like this, something we do. So we're in Kansas City and we have a couple partners here that we do for client gifts and um we do uh we partner with um clean water water.org yeah. and uh, uh there's a bed startup and i'm sorry i'm not the one that made the connection but essentially we donate on behalf of our clients um cool. to those startups and then they send a certificate to our clients that, well, that's really nice so they get this like you know kind of a little like framed thing you know on their behalf um but that was been a way like it wasn't in a gift basket type of way and, and one thing i didn't like is that we work with so many brands and it wasn't like i wish we could have promoted one of the brands we've been mm -hmm. working with ourselves right um but that was a creative way that we were using kind of that gift exchange to do something a little bit bigger than just um you know a corporate gift Totally. Um, well, you've given me some good ideas, so I appreciate that already, Andrew. But, you know, yeah, as a company, um, you know, as a service provider, if you think of it that way, you've got clients and you want to express your gratitude towards them and you don't want it to be tacky and you want it to be meaningful and you want it to also um, really both resonate with them, but also uh, showcase your values as a company. So, um, you know, it can either be um, a not well thought out gift and mm -hmm. something that's convenient, um, but has nothing else to it, or, you know, something that feels like it really is ext an extension of who you are as a company, um, what you would have done in person or, right. you know, like right. you know, if they were yeah. sitting down across the meal from you, where would you have chosen to go? Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So when did that kind of when was the starting point for that yeah so um so the story of the starting point is that um in 2016 my daughter um my firstborn back then um she she was turning one and i said well you know as opposed to like a giddy bag goodie bag for the kids let me actually create a um my designer told me to say a low fidelity prototype otherwise known as a crappy first version so, you know, a low fidelity prototype of the first Packed with Purpose gift. And let me share it with all of the guests, you know, my friends who are uh, professionals like myself, who they themselves might be giving gifts or might be receiving professional gifts. So it was also a um, low budget and easy opportunity to get some market research um, feedback from, again, this uh, crappy first version of Packed with Purpose. So I put together that first gift, you know, and it also just makes you go through the, uh, you know, initial thinking of 
who are, what are the products, who were the social enterprises that we're partnering with. Um, and I probably should pause here and just share what Packed with Purpose is all about. So yeah, that let's people go. Yes, understand. good idea. Um, right, so Packed with Purpose is a corporate and personal gifting company with a social mission. So uh, we're much like any other gifting provider, except for what makes us really unique is that all the products in our gifts do good. And we tell the story of that impact within each one of our gift baskets. And that's really what makes our gifts stand out, right? So the products are wonderful, whether it's uh, chocolates or cookies or a tumbler or a journal. But what makes them really special is that there's a story of how that chocolate provides, you know, vocational uh, training to um, opportunity youth or how the journal is made with sustainable, sustainable products. Um, so basically, I put together that low fidelity prototype. Friends came to the birthday party. I gave them the gift. And then I said, you know, I'm going to follow up with a 10 minute call. Would just love to hear your thoughts. And it was, you know, a really great way for me to hear the enthusiasm around the product, the ways in which, you know, these prospective customers might want to use these gifts. Um, and then uh, fast forward a few months, I happened to be uh, seven months pregnant with twins. I figured this was a great time to start this business, either because it's going to totally take off and there's no better time than now. Mm -hmm. um, worst time, but I went for it and um, launched with a Kickstarter campaign. And that was nice because it was a way to sort of self-contain the offering, um, have a sense of what demand was, and then be able to fill against that demand. That's awesome. So, and I know that those are not easy. Kickstarter is not easy. Um, I have a colleague here, he's now in Brazil, but he was a professor at UMKC. Uh, I sought him out for coffee and now we're friends, but essentially he got his um, doctorate in crowdfunding. Interesting. And Amazon I didn't has- I not know that was an option. Me neither, uh, <laughs> me neither. And um, Amazon had a specific area of it that only, um, it's called Amazon Launchpad. And at the time um, they were only working with brands that had used crowdfunding uh, you know, crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't, this is the only part of Amazon I hadn't worked with at the time. And I was like, I need to dig into this and really understand what these brands are thinking about. And, um, you know, and what I really learned by meeting with him was just how difficult you kind of brushed over it, but I wanted to take a minute to say mm -hmm. like, um, you know, that's not easy. And it's almost like just create, you have to, to even get to that point, you have to have created the offer so soundly, yeah. um, you know, that it's almost a marketing, you're launching a product before you're launching a product uh, just to be successful there. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I feel like it, um, it puts a fire under you to, you know, it, in a sense, you're just launching a company, but it forces you to think about everything, right? Like, you know, what is the product? What's the value proposition? What is the price point or price points? How do you incentivize people? You know, it, in some cases, it's like, how are you upselling mm -hmm. in that there's like a, a base price, but if you buy two, there's a discount, or if you buy one and then gift one, you know, there's basically ways in which you can upsell your customers initially at launch to get the funds that you need in order to produce the, the product at hand. So, you know, for me, it was a great, um, I'm, it's not necessarily a framework, but in so, you know, it, it was almost like a framework to say, okay, if I want to put this crazy idea out there, what are all the things that I need in order to do so? Um, so it was really beneficial for me. How did you get the first brands? Like, and I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to like pause the story for a minute to, to dig in here a little bit. I'm curious. So I'm hoping yeah. some of the listeners are too, but it's like when you start, so you had an idea, um, and we all know that ideas are great, but like acting on them is where, where the rubber meets the road. And it's um, so, you know, you've been working in the space, like working with brands that do this kind of stuff. And you're like, OK, so is that where you knew, like kind of what brands you yeah. were thinking of for this, you know, for the baskets or for the packages? We like totally glossed over that. Um, so I at, um, at my my role at the company, I happen to be consulting and working with. Um, corporate companies, okay. but I had a lot of um, colleagues that were working specifically with not-for-profits and with social enterprises. And so I was exposed to all of those other organizations. And basically through that, I um, learned of different social enterprises or companies that were producing great products and through the production, were creating some kind of social impact. Okay. So one, for example, was in Detroit 
um, and it was a youth organization that was focused on basically, you know, producing various foods, granolas, jams, etc. And they were working with opportunity youth in Detroit to teach them entrepreneurial skills and leadership skills, you know, and things that basically help you survive and thrive, you know, in, in, in modern life. Okay. Um, and I just thought to myself, like, wow, this product is awesome. Beyond the product being great, it's such an amazing story, right? Like, I am excited and I'm just learning about this, you know, through my colleagues, but how do I actually share this story with the rest of the world? And that's where I started saying, well, this is one brand. How about finding all of the other companies like them, putting them together in a gift box and then showcasing their story in some cases better than they're even telling it themselves. Yep. I discovered that as well on the Amazon space. Um, we come across these brands that are doing great stuff and I'm just like, okay, so, you know, where, what's the brand story here? Like, you know, what kind of message are you guys trying to send? And they're like, we're not, we were just trying to employ people that need work or like, you know, like, um, and it's just a surprising thing, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'm here just to do Amazon, but we have to start by telling the story before we go anywhere else. And, um, you know, the exchange, like the money exchange that should be happening to help someone create all of that is not mm -hmm. necessarily like the value to be on Amazon. And you're like, okay, so how do we how do we position ourselves with these brands? Um, there's one here in Kansas City, I'm going to make this plug before I forget and we move on rightfully sown. Um, I might message you after. Great. But Please do. I don't have a place right now to note, but I also love the name. There's nothing better than people, you know, uh, using names um, in a smart way. That also yeah, so they're, they're just, it's a great, it's a women owned, um, you know, uh, project where they um, employ women um, from all different backgrounds and teach them how to sew and make amazing products. Um, it's one of the ones I'm proud of that's come out of Kansas City. I know there's a whole bunch, but had to give that one a little bit of plug while we're on the show. And, um, you know, I'll connect you with that because it's just, you know, sometimes there's these brands that are doing amazing things. That's why I asked the question. You don't even know that a big, a big portion goes, you know, not everyone is Tom's shoes where it's like buy one, give one, you know, when that kind of first came out. Um, there's a lot of brands that do a lot of good that you just never know of um because that's not you know that's not the, the story they're pushing that's not the they're like hey our product is actually amazing and we just also happen to have this story and it's not always being told you know the, the topic of today's um episode is to stop building meaningless startups and i think we're going to get to that um but for anyone listening like as someone that markets other people's brands and launch other people's brands and help them kind of define their stories on amazon um you know, that's a big frustrating part from art from my side is what is your business about? What is it? What purpose does it serve? What problem are we solving? Um, and, and especially in the Amazon space, it's just like they call it an FBA business, um, creating a business for fulfillment by Amazon, which doesn't really make sense. But that's what they call it an FBA business. And I'm like, you've just created a commodity product to sell like cell phone cases with no story behind it. And there's a million other companies selling that. Um, and it just becomes like, you know, this rat race of these brands and, and they're not sustainable. And, um, you know, the frustration around that, how do we find more of these businesses? I think that like, you know, millennials, uh, get a lot of crap for a lot of different things. But one thing I'm proud of our generation for is, um, kind of starting to turn the page about being like, okay, where does this come from? You know, like what's in it? Mm -hmm. uh, who's making that? Like what, where do I want? I want my money to go to places that align with my values. Um, and so we're doing that research. We're trying to figure those things out. Um, and I, I like our generation that we have a passion for that. And it feels like, um, you know, kind of pushing more to those. And so I love telling the stories because I'm like, I know that there's people out there that want to work with these types of businesses. Um, let me find them and like, like, Definitely. you know, let me help them promote them. Okay, yeah. so you, we, we went into like how you so it was your previous position that kind of exposed you to a lot of these, um, you know, these companies that you wanted in your, at least in your first launch that word, the the phrase you use is even above my head. So I'm not going to try low, low fidelity prototype, was low that fidelity prototype. Yeah. Um, we, we learned from the best Andrew, right? I didn't make that term up. That was what my designer. It's, it's brilliant. Um, I'm going to repurpose that. Um, <laughs> So you had your first rollout, good response, good, you know, like a lot of good feedback. You was like, 
open to that. How did you start getting it out there? Was it, you know, kind of through the corporate relationships you had made before to kind of like test there? Yeah. Um, so that's a great question. And, um, you know, in the spirit of being totally transparent, because that's the only way I know how to generally operate. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned we, um, I, I launched through a Kickstarter campaign. I was seven months pregnant. Um, then I took a few, um, you know, basically in the first few months of what would have been a maternity leave, but where I was, you know, managing and juggling what life looked like with twins, newborn twins. Um, I, I launched in May of 2017. It was not the most strategic launch, right? So my launch was probably more focused on consumers, even though I knew that in order to really build the business, I should focus on, you know, a corporate audience. Um, it's fine. It's the way, you know, it's, it's the way it goes. And yeah. I quickly realized that, you know, the way in which the website was built and um, the language that we were using and the value proposition that um, we are focused on, that there really had to be a greater emphasis on the corporate market. So, um, you know, at launch, it probably skewed towards consumer, which was fine because mm -hmm. it enabled us to get a lot of feedback. And we quickly learned, you know, as corporate customers came to us and said, oh, I see you offer this on the website. Could you do this with a modification or could you do this with this addition? It enabled us to quickly understand, okay, for a corporate audience, which is the real audience we're going after, here's what we need to offer. I love it. And I think that you you hit something there that I think we should dig into a little bit too. This podcast is by founders for founders. And one of the most important things is to just go, just do, create action, fail forward. Um, you're like, you know, you're talking about data. You collected marketing data that was like, okay, instead of getting shut down by Cerner Corporation, which is a big one here in Kansas City, you know, of a huge corporate situation and you have a one-on-one -on -one and you're getting one piece of data that what they liked it or didn't like it. If you're going direct to consumers, you're getting lots of data, whether it's, yeah, you know, little absolutely. guys um, collecting a lot more than you would have if you had went corporate right away. Um, yeah. So I think that's great. And, you know, that's, that's what entrepreneurship is. It's just taking a leap. Let's learn from it. How do we adjust? You know, my website looked like shit for years because I spent all my time work, you know, every, all my business came through referrals and I spent all my time working on client stuff and giving them my first, you know, because I was trying to create a reputation and, um, you know, so everything's not perfect when you launch, that's just, you know, a freebie for it's anyone that's out there. It's Even never perfect, right? I think every, every founder and CEO, um, you know, we're probably our harshest critics as we should be. Right. Like when people tell me they love my website and we just, you know, relaunched our website, um, redesigned it, relaunched it, I don't know, less than six months ago. Like, yes, it does look great, but I'll pick it apart day and night because that's what my role should be. Right. right. To, be to see all of the potential, you know, all the opportunities to make it better, to make our customers experience, you know, more on point, to improve the language, to reflect what it is that our customers want. Um, so. I think it's uh, it's part of our DNA and it's part of what makes us successful. Totally. Um, okay, so you had the first launch. You're more consumer focused than corporate focused. Um, who was your your first corporate client? Um, it was our first corporate client. Actually, came out of our um, Kickstarter. Well, we had two corporate clients. Um, in that first Kickstarter launch, one that came through Kickstarter and one actually was an investment management firm that um, sent out almost 1000 gifts. So okay. I've cool. got two mini humans in the NICU. My first business meeting is in the NICU. Uh, and uh, it was a really exciting time, as you can imagine. Um, but it, it was an investment management firm that was sending out about a thousand gifts to their uh their customers, their clients, um, and then another corporate client that came out of the Kickstarter world. Awesome. Um, I'm not sure exactly, but it'd be interesting to me this if this was 2006, 17. Um, since then, at least in the Amazon space, I've seen these food baskets, I've seen healthy food baskets, I've seen like, you know, more products like around that kind of like curating of gifts and products, you know, like one of them, I talked to some, a company that was legitimately trying to ship fresh fruit, um, you know, their baskets to these corporate offices. Um, was that, was that kind of thing out at the time or was this kind of like a, a new spin on it? Yeah, no. So that's been around. Um, okay. so that's been, that has been around for a while. 
Um, uh, and I'd say, obviously, our spin, um, which we launched at a great time, and obviously it was based on the insight that I had working with the corporate social responsibility executives and with companies that were thinking about doing good and purpose and cause and whatever word you want to use for being a good corporate citizen and how you give back. Um, but the gift basket idea was around um, and, you know, we, we continue to grow in response to what our corporate customers are asking for. So some of them are asking for more things that are healthy or energizing or positive for their employees. You know, some of them are asking for, uh, you know, well, usually I'd give my employees when I onboard them, you know, a branded mug and journal and we can do that, but we're really looking to do that and then some and showcase our company values and our core values, you know, on day one. And so that's where we marry, you know, the best of Pack with Purpose and showcasing, you know, who they are as a company and their commitment to doing good and giving back with the branded notebook and the branded mug because, yeah, that's part of having, you know, brand pride and being excited about the company that you've just joined. I love that. I love it. And um, just curious because I, you know, sometimes it's just like a remix idea. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, what's the value proposition? And when I'm, I'm thinking of all the hurdles in my mind because I'm a business strategist and I'm, um, you know, I do know that sustainable products usually cost more. Um, you know, so you're probably coming to market with a curation of products that in general um, had a higher price point to them than, you know, just commodity products that you're getting super cheap. You know, like healthy food is not cheap, for example, like, you know, it comes more premium. Was that an issue kind of with the brands you were talking to where they like, well, this is quite a bit higher than, you know, other things we had been doing. And then it was a matter of selling um you know, the, the culture and the mission and the aligned values, or was it, was it just kind of understood? I, I'm just kind yeah. of curious around the challenges there. Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, I always tell people, if you're looking for the lowest cost option, we're not that, mm -hmm. right? If you're looking for the most bare bones gift basket, so to speak, or, you know, uh, branded swag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And as soon as someone uses the word tchotchke, it's, it's like, pack with purpose is not your gifting solution. And that's great. Because, you know, I want to be respectful of uh, prospective clients' time as, as much as I want to make sure that our team is focused on serving clients whose, um, you know, whose values, whose budgets, and whose, you know, outcomes is in terms of how they want to use their gift effectively, you know, match ours. Um, so it's, we're not the most affordable gifting uh, solution. Having said that, though, we're definitely, cut, uh, you know, price competitive to other gifting options. So, um, yes, you're right. Healthy isn't necessarily the cheapest. But if someone wants to send, you know, healthy, energizing snacks that also has, let's say, like a branded notebook for their uh, clients as a client appreciation, thank you. We're, we're competitive to any other offering out there. Um, and I think, you know, really part of our value is, um, you know, Sometimes when we ask our clients, you know, what are the outcomes you're trying to produce? Like, what are you trying to do with this thing called your gifting budget? And to be honest, sometimes our clients are, um, they're surprised that someone's asking that question because they're like, well, we always send client gifts. And it's like, okay, well, let us help you be a little more strategic about what you're trying to do. Is it that you want to, um, you know, send a gift when your clients might be up to renew their contract with you? Is it that you're sending this gift, you know, after you've had a class of interns and you want them to actually accept your offer. Let us help you think about, you know, what goes in the gift, what the message is, the timing of the gift, because at the end of the day, you're sending this gift for a reason. So let us be your, you know, gifting strategist as opposed to gifting vendor. Um, and let us have you have the best ROI on your gifting budget, just like you want to have a higher, a high ROI and any other budget, right? Marketing budget, sales budget, et cetera. I love that so much. You nailed that question, by the way. Um, no, I mean, like, I know that I'm a small business owner. I don't have an, an insane budget. You know, um, we've been bootstrapped the entire way. Um, I don't want to send a gift that shows that I'm cheap either, you know, so that's the balance you're walking. It's almost sometimes it's like, I'd rather send nothing at all. 
than to send something that's to me a mug and a pen is you know kind of sends that message um and so we're not the cheapest marketing agency for amazon um at least now 2021 like there's times where we were um you know we're kind of that middle of the road probably pricing but i think we're one of the best and we are super proactive with our strategy and everything like that so very aligned and um you know, I would want to send that message as well. Like, this is who we are. This is what we care about. Like, we're not in it just for the check. Like, that's why we're selective with the brands we work with. And so, um, you know, for me, I'm already sold, but I'm saying like, you know, I can see why some companies would be um, on either side of that coin, just as someone that's worked with both and and wondered what kind of that initial um, reaction to it was. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think something that we learned was initially, um, you know, I don't recall exactly where our price points were, but let's say, you know, uh, the, the floor for our gifts might've been about $40 and they went up to, I don't know, a hundred and something. And then we realized that we were getting a lot of requests, right? So now again, we're thinking about corporations. So companies that wanted to send gifts and they're like, well, you know, we've got a budget of about 30 or $25 per, you know, per, per individual, or we really want to send, you know, uh, a luxury gift, something that, you know, to like our VIP clients, we're looking at something of like 250 plus, could you do that? And so, you know, that really forced us to look at, you know, what can we do? And if our, our, our gifts currently, the ones that we're, you know, showcasing on the website in terms of our curated gift collections are at $40, where can we go that still hits all of the things that are critical to us? The products, you know, are, um, have a wonderful social impact they are high quality, right? So like if it's an edible, if it's a food, like it's a high quality um, product that you want to consume mm-hmm. or it's functional in terms of it being, a, you know, tumbler, mug, pen, whatever it is, you know, that the design is, um, you know, at like at the top of its game because, you know, probably not surprising to you, we've had a lot of organizations, social enterprises, companies that they've got incredible missions, right? Like. They pull at your heartstrings, but their packaging sucks mm-hmm. and the design They've invested in different them. things. Right. And you know what? Unfortunately, the um, the threshold for who's, you know, the brands that are able to come into the packed with purpose gift box, like there's a threshold because we want to stand for high quality, sophisticated gifts. And so that means that there's a, a number of brands that on a, honestly, they don't qualify, um, you know, some of the, the markers that we're looking for, they might have a very high social impact quotient, but the design and packaging is too low. And in order for us to provide the level of service and quality that our clients expect, because they're sending these gifts to their, you know, clients or their prospects or their employees or their event participants, you know, we've got to make sure that we abide by, you know, the threshold that we have. So sometimes they know to purveyors that packed with purpose family. No, I love that. And that's any entrepreneurs or like, you know, the owner of any like enterprises dilemma. Like I know with Marknology, when we started out, it was, I would take any opportunity and it was help whoever. And, um, you know, and as I'm trying to grow the team, I have to think about our quality and are we going to be successful? Are we going to win with this brand? Are they coming with a story? Are they coming with nothing? Um, You know, what's their packaging like? I, I legit can see the packaging on a business, a product and know immediately what that business is about like what they stand for, um, you know, because if they've got quality all the way down to the packaging, it's very rare that they've missed it in other areas, you know, like if that's all the way down to the details um, versus you can get a product on Amazon and the photos look amazing. The product looks amazing. You get it and it's in a brown box with like kind of wrapped up, you know, loosely and taped maybe and, you know, all kinds of things because that's just the game and these commodity brands and, um it becomes really impossible for my team to work with those types of brands. And so it becomes like, you know, we want to, I wish I could. Um, We're just not going to be successful, at least with the things that we do. We tell stories and there's no story to tell here because you haven't packaged it, you know? Um, No, I love that. So, okay. So one other question I guess I wanted to ask for my own curiosity is after that initial grouping of meeting, like of knowing those brands that were available, um, I'm sure it's grown so much since 2017, you know, in the way that you onboard brands into your, your gifts and things like that. But um, did it just start happening word of mouth? Um, So I'd say 
little bit more strategic than word of mouth and a little bit more level of effort. But um, I guess the, the first thing I'll say is we affectionately call our suppliers purposeful purveyors. Okay. So, um, you know, by and large, we do a lot of research into, you know, prospective purveyors. Um, and there's lots of different ways in which we might do that. It could be that we're looking for different price points. It could be that we want more purveyors, you know, in the, the food arena, in, um, you know, durables and based on the, you know, it's, it's this yin yang in terms of what are our customers asking for and what are we seeing that, you know, is on trend or is available in the marketplace. And beyond that, you know, it's a nice ecosystem of social enterprises and purposeful brands. And so it's been wonderful because as we found, let's say, a purposeful brand, um, you know, in Minneapolis, suddenly there's an ecosystem of other purposeful brands that has learned about us. And then, you know, on our website, we've got a, a page for our purposeful purveyors, including a form for prospective purveyors that want to join the Pact with Purpose family, you know, for them to basically raise their hand and say, hey, we want to become a purposeful purveyor. And so that's been a wonderful way where, you know, we've already identified purveyors that are um, on point in terms of, you know, their mission or the, the impact that they have, the quality of their product, you know, of their packaging. Um, and so they basically introduce us or other per potential purveyors are introduced to us as a brand. And so that's been a wonderful way for, for us to continue to grow beyond whatever proactive research and, um, and, and really outreach we do to prospective purveyors. Thank you. I'm just, I, I love learning how businesses grow, especially in the beginning. And then, um, because to me, it's all about you get what you put out, you know? And so, you know, once that kind of started, you know, how does that happen? Like, I'm not cold calling businesses to work with Marknology. That doesn't happen. I don't, I don't cold email. Um, and so I'm very like cognizant and, and trying even more so, but I, you know, you're always looking for a new business, but like, I want to attract the right ones. How do I get the right brands wanting to apply to be, to work with us and, um, work with us because they want a team that carries about story and mission. That's why I want them to work with us versus we're the best at Amazon. We are the best at Amazon, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, that was a sh shameless plug, but like, um, no, that's just very interesting. Like, you know, you want the customers and your products are only as good as, you know, the purveyors that you're getting. So, um, you know, continuing to get those, especially, I guess, the curiosity comes in when they're making custom demands, the the corporate clients are making custom demands, and then you have to go out and get that. Um, and it needs to fit your criteria or else you've lost the whole mission, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Have you, okay. So I would be, I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't ask like, um, you know, one, the, the DIY space is exploding. So like, especially during the pandemic, like these corporate companies sending out, um, kind of like DIY kits to their teams for like team building. And then, um, you know, getting on a zoom call together and doing these, you know, whether it's bouquets or it's, um, uh, terrariums, um, or, you know, different things like that. That's been a big kind of craze. Um, or at least what I've seen, uh, you know, has been, that's been kind of some stuff. My company is not to that size by any means, but some of these companies are spending really big budgets on creating culture remote from home. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and so bringing those things together, I think of makers, my head starts thinking about makers and, you know, how that's going. And then I think of Amazon and, um, Amazon's programs, like the Amazon smile program, these different programs they have, well, they have programs for makers as well as programs that you can kind of flag your brand as a brand that gives back. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the subscribe and save thing going on there with the variety packs. Is that something that you guys have ever considered or, you guys have stayed away from that space. Um, you know, what's in your terms of the, the subscribe and save or just like being on Amazon, um, you know, and reaching customers that way. It's a good question, Andrew. So we, um, we have not considered Amazon as a platform, um, for now. Um, you know, two things, I guess I would say is that one, 20% of our sales are directly through our e-commerce platform. Right. So that's through all of the curated gifts that are available. There's about 100 different varieties. So based on the theme or the occasion, whether you're sending, you know, a gift of gratitude or a gift um, of sympathies um, or you're sending a gift for a virtual conference, there's about 100 different options that are available. Yeah. 
but then 80% of our um, sales are really done through our gift concierge. So that's done offline with, you know, um, an expert gift concierge member of our team that really works with our, our corporate customers. Sometimes, you know, Way more on the custom side. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes to be honest, um, the only custom um, aspect there is putting the company's logo on the gift message card or putting okay. the company's logo on the gift box. Sometimes they see a gift that's perfect, but they want to add a branded item. Sometimes they want to add their brochure that they might have in house that they just want, you know, uh, to send to our warehouse so that we can input that into the gift. So custom can mean a whole lot of things, but basically, you know, We've got the system in terms of the gifts and the expertise and really the processes in terms of the assembly of the gift boxes to make it a seamless experience because, you know, convenience is king in a lot of, or queen, you know, in, in a lot of instances. So we make the gifting process convenient and seamless for our clients. Um, and a, a lot of times, rightfully so, the company's spending money on their gift. They want their brand or their company to come, you know, to, to shine through. And so we want to make that um, easy for them to do so in a way that feels wholesome and not tacky, um, but that is really easy to do on their end. So that's no. where the gift concierge comes through. I love it. I think I just like so much what you do that my head's just running with ideas. So you have to forgive me because I just think yeah, like, no, please these, bring it on. These brands need promoted more. But um, you know, I I rarely bring this up on the show, but I have a property management business here in Kansas City as well. It started out as a side hustle so that I could travel more with Airbnbs. Um, we have about a hundred properties or so here in Kansas City and about 25 Airbnbs that we run. Um, through the pandemic, still successful. Thank you quiet clap. Um, but like, you know, something we're always thinking with that is, you know, when we're, we're working with outside investors and different things like that. And how I'm always thinking about how can I um, gift them with something with purpose, honestly, uh, you know, with a little bit of intent behind it, because that's what I'm about. And there's a brand we work with that does. Um, I think there's something in Italian culture, that's a specific type of gift. Uh, when people buy a new home, and um, so we've put together with that Italian brand, kind of like uh, it's more like handmade goods in Italy that we're kind of mm -hmm. putting into this. And it does amazing on Amazon, um, you know, so then we're also repurposing it for my properties and different things, but because it's a new home thing, but does amazing on Amazon. So I was just curious, like if you guys are there, kind of the variety pack item in general or the DIY item in general on Amazon does really, really well. Um, so maybe something we talk about offline. Yeah, but, um, you know, yeah. we, uh, we also they also have B2B pricing. And so there's, you know, they there's a big corporate side to Amazon that not everyone knows kind of like a Costco, um, where you get inside and then you can get business relationships and business pricing and business modes. I'm here to learn just as much as I am to share. So this is great. Thank you. Okay, cool. At least at the very least, I can show you where all the like the makers and sustainable goods yeah. are on Amazon. So you can kind of have a little bank to pull from. Um, maybe find some cool stuff there when you're needing something custom. Definitely. Okay. So we've covered a lot and I know we're going, we're coming up on an hour and I took that some places out of my own selfishness because I wanted answers. Um, but where can people interact with you? Where can they find more, you know, information, whether they're just wanting to be a, a purveyor or they're wanting to be, you know, engaged to get gifts besides the website. I've had them pulled up here um, on the screen for anyone watching when they watch this, but if someone's listening in their car, um, you know, or at the gym, things like that, where can people interact with you? Um, where can they find Packed With Purpose? Yeah. Okay. So our website, packedwithpurpose.gifts, G-I-F-T-S. Um, we're also on LinkedIn, specifically, if you think of, you know, companies um, and business professionals, um, as well as Instagram and Facebook. So, and that's uh, Packed W Purpose, Packed W for With Purpose. Um, so those would be the, the best places to interact with us. And again, whether you're a prospective um, client or company that might be interested, whether you're just a, a good old human that might want to send a gift to a friend or family member, um, you know, or maybe you yourself have a company or an organization that produces products that also has an impact. There's, you know, a, a tremendous amount of information on our purposeful purveyors, how you might become one. Um, so it would be great to, to hear from anyone that's a fan of what we're doing, that has ideas for how to partner with us, whether that might be, you know, as a 
a future client or as a future purveyor. Awesome. I got a couple podcasts I got to send your way as well. I think you should be on them. Um, Positive People Posse, I'll give them a shout out. Um, they're in New York, but a Kansas City awesome. based, based company as well. And they just like to cover all things kind of positive and positivity. Um, so I'd love to send you there to anyone listening. You know, this is, uh, you know, our, our listenership is, is close to 100,000 a month. I know there's a lot of people out there, whether you have a business um, that participates in corporate gifts or you're a purveyor um, and kind of fit in that realm. I'm sure you know of a couple companies like I do um, that might really benefit from being introduced, um, you know, to this purpose, to this mission. And so, you know, whether it's rightfully sown, whether it's Alpha Point here in Kansas City working with uh, the hearing impaired, like um, I know of a few and I know all my listeners know of a few. And I think that we should just over inundate you guys with, um, you know, some winners out Thank here and, and give them some exposure. There would be no greater outcome than us being inundated with future purveyors. And honestly, um, you know, I, it sort of rivals what brings me greatest joy, either, you know, how awesome my team is and how well we collaborate. All of the positive feedback we get from our clients where, you know, they're sort of floored with all of the calls or the emails that they get from their end recipients. Um, or, you know, uh, you know, a third option is basically just hearing and feeling and seeing the impact that our gifts create, right? Solely based on the virtue that we are buying products from organizations that are doing good. So, you know, if imagine if all of the gifting budgets, you know, in America, or even 10% of the gifting budgets, were going to buying products that, you know, provided job opportunities to individuals that were incarcerated, provided vocational training to women that are survivors of abuse, um, you know, were, were investing in, uh, reforestation efforts were providing opportunities to source sustainable products right like there's never-ending types of social impact but you know it's so gratifying for us and i speak really on behalf of my entire team like when we get to talk to clients that are excited about sending gifts and what they're most excited about is the good that their gift can create you know like there's no better uh positive conversation that we can have than that I have I love that so much, Liat. Um, this has been awesome. My sister for maybe like 10 years strong has only gave gifts that give back to the family. Um, you know, so it's a big part of my company and kind of our culture. She is definitely in charge of helping us create a culture at Marknology. Um, I'm going to make sure she listens to this. She doesn't listen to all my podcasts because, you know, there's, there's a lot. Um, but no, I love your mission. Um, you know, I'd love to just stay connected, whether that's networking or connecting you with, you know, some people out here that deserve to meet you um, and be part of your program. You know, so many of us give gift cards, you know, $50 gift cards anymore. You don't, you know, you're not giving $20 gift cards. Like um, I heard you say your low end is around 40, like, um, you know, 25 now. 25 Sorry, now like why yeah. why give a gift card to starbucks or target when you can give a gift that um you know does such good and has purpose so um I'm, i know i'm selling it i hardly ever sell on this show if you've ever listened to my show i don't really push things but i think this is just awesome and um i thank you so much for your time today thank you this was so nice andrew really such a pleasure to to connect with you and have this conversation yeah, we'll definitely have you back because I want to hear how some of these things work out um, and just see how things are going for you. We definitely didn't get enough to cover everything. Um, but once again, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Uh, thanks for letting us put this show on. Have awesome guests like Liat. Uh, wouldn't be able to do it without you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.